Welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm sitting directly opposite Matt Kirshen. Yeah, you are. How's it going, Andy? It's it's pretty. Oh, it's a great day for science. It is a great day. <laughs> Why? Nothing finer has happened yes. to science. The finest science day in recent memory. Finally, we are all on the same page. All scientific minds oh, can yeah. agree on one thing. Today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're all feeling very agreeable and Parisian. Very Parisian. Is it Parisian or Parisian? Parisian. Paris. Paris. Yeah. um, I guess we sort of pulled a Freedom Fries move on the the climate today. (laughs) Earth's climate. (laughs) Yep. Um, We've we've officially pulled out uh, of the... What's the term for the... Are they going to have to do it in reverse? Like, I... What are things that the French call American something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think th- there's no way they have American cheese? Because that's not even cheese. It's a processed cheese food. Yeah, I think. Um, American? I think that would just be an insult to the whole of France. We should introduce our guest yes, as well. Yes, we should, yeah. Second time you've had a mention, two shows in a row, because last week you sent in a story. I sure did. It's L- Listeners, that's that's the path to guesthood, is <laughs> send in a good enough story. Hey, you guys explain this All to you, me. Yeah. Yeah. All you need to do is send in a story and also be a friend who hosts a very fine podcast in her own right. Renee Colbert. You guys, I'm having so much fun how's, already. How's it going? Host of the um, Can I Pet Your Dog podcast? Sure. Yep. I, uh, and qualified for this one, because uh, yeah. if you know about dogs, you know about science. Dogs are a dead... Direct link. Canis something is sure. Yeah. Yes. What is the Latin? Is it, is it, I think it's one of the double up ones, isn't it? Is it just canis canis? Canis canis? Really? I think so. Oh, okay. Sure. Seems about right. Going back to your French thing, are we going to change like American movies? Like, are we going to take out American Pie? Are we going to take out American Psycho? An American Werewolf just, in we London is do just not a discuss werewolf. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a freedom werewolf a free- in London. Pie Psycho Werewolf. <laughs> Great films. Oh, there, there was that, that run where uh, I read a great essay about that strange time in the late 90s when, like, American was just getting tacked in front of the title of every movie. No kidding. To get, like, cause, as if it meant somehow more. Like, there was, Mena Suvari was in three American movies herself. Sure. She was in American Beauty, American Pie, and a thing called American Virgin that wasn't Ooh. as big. Good job pulling so many that right American off American Psycho, because the article was so interesting. I was like, yeah, why is every movie prefaced with American in 1999? I don't know. That That's was, a great point. It's a weird trend going now on Now everything there. is prefaced with a uh, bad. Sure. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bad, bad moms. Bad Santa, bad judge, bad... Um, What's bad. that TV show we all love that starts with bad? You know, the one about... Bad. bad breaking right uh there yeah bad, that one was there yep. a bad grandpa or dirty grandpa or bad <laughs> sure. the, yeah there's one coming out called bad hitler it's like hitler but if he was bad oh yeah oh, he gets okay. into yeah. some scrapes Ooh, that'll yeah. be an interesting take i wonder what like, they're gonna know, do with you that know adolf hitler okay but he's bad at his job <sighs> oh that's another not, hitler i know <laughs> it's not a good not a good hitler <laughs> okay uh, well let me mark my calendar looks like it might be kind of i mean looks like it might be Canis uh, C. Lupus, but that seems to be the gray wolf, so I don't know whether it also applies to... Maybe it doesn't have an, a species in it? No, it must be separate. I don't know. Okay. I'll take hmm. your word for it. Sounds oh, they're, good. They're sister taxa. Ta- they They have... They are sisters in taxonomy. Oh, okay. Sure. Sisters in taxonomy. Okay. And dogs have only been relatively recently domesticated. Yes. That I did know. Yeah. And, and still not all the way if you see the behavior of some of these cheeky scamps. Uh-oh. 
Matt taking dogs down. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. had it too good for too Ooh. long, these dogs. I'm just preparing to host a clip show. <laughs> Finally, somebody had the courage to do it. Good man. <laughs> How did you get? How did you decide to start doing this podcast? By the way, uh, great, the dog, my this one, uh, I was like, well, you guys are fun. Oh, sure, yes. now say uh, the dog. Can one. I pet your dog again? Right. The very popular dog, uh, pro- probably the definitive dog podcast. Can I pet your dog? Sure, thank you, thank you for that. So, uh, so my sweet buddy Travis McElroy was like, hey, I think I think you could probably pull off a podcast. Mm-hmm. You just got to figure out what you want to talk about. So I went on a hike with my now co-host Allegra. I was like, what What should we do? Uh, but we couldn't get through the conversation because we just ended up petting dogs the entire time. Uh-huh. And so uh, so we went back to Travis. We're like, how about, how, about, how about one about dogs? And then Travis miraculously was like, yeah, sure. Give that a go. And then everyone else was like, yeah, why not? Let's listen to a podcast about dogs. And then Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, yeah, yes. have me on the show. Yep, what I'm happened in. there? Here's what I suspect. Like, one, sure, the podcast is great. But I also think the timing was just mwah, as good as it could be because the news is is not great okay, right now. Interesting, yeah. And everybody needs a little bit of an escape of where can I go that guaranteed will not bring up the news. You turn into Can I Pet Your Dog podcast. We'll just uh, tell you about dogs we met this yeah, week. So the zeitgeist, so that can go either way because at the same time that yours is very popular, so is my favorite murder. Sure. So it's like in times yes. of, in dark times, yes. we turn to either darker shit or dogs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Pick your, pick your poison. You want some dogs, you want some murder. We got you covered. I could, if I start a murder dog podcast, oh that, God. Andy, no, straight to the top, no. straight to the top. <laughs> I don't know if that's about murdering dogs or dogs that murder, but either Can way. Can I kill you your dog? That's not right. <laughs> no, that's not right. Fellas, no, uh, dogs that murder, I would listen to. Oh that, my God. I'm all on board for that. Like premeditated Dexter style. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the trial and why he <laughs> didn't mean to. Unsolved dog murders. She slept with his wife. I, yeah. I would believe it. I'm she humped him in the park and he <laughs> and then you need like a sort of bloodhound dog to solve yeah. the crime I, that's an open and closed case to me he, yeah. that kid's innocent as far as I'm concerned all dogs are innocent oh my god <laughs> I want to see a dog version of every like detective trope TV show like I don't know what a dog Columbo like how he, he comes back in the room woof 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 <laughs> that's that's one more thing in dog sure. yeah. what was Columbo's did he have a catch prop is it, I'm wanting to give him a cigar, uh, Kojak, but I think... Kojak okay. had the lollipop. Okay. Colombo, I think the main thing was just uh, the one more one more thing. Okay. Right? That's, right. Yeah, was that, a what, dog what's the can hook do that. Colombo, yeah. It could be just the one more thing. And I think the cigar thing is coming from Triumph, the insult oh, okay. comic, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is what's going on. That's what I'm picturing. Either way, great job. Keep panning that out. Okay. Make my, an entire podcast my, network my based off that. dog murders? Yes. Yes. My favorite murdering dog. My favorite murdering dog. I dogs. think is murder where dogs. you're gonna. That's where the money's at. Murder dogs, with according Z. to me. Yes. Now, how do you fellas feel about dogs? I know Andy, you're the world's best dog wingman. But I don't have a dog. I just I grew up with some and I like them. But I mean, I'm not obviously I'm not responsible enough to have one. Or you'd be there'd be a dog in this room. Sh- okay. Well, is is your apartment building one that allows dogs? Uh, my upstairs neighbor has has Brea named for the street that we are nearby. <laughs> Um, that's the reason you guys can't let that door slam when you come in. Oh, that's right. I didn't mad. know that. Yep. I think I probably could. I th- maybe I might get into fostering if that's a thing that you really can do in short uh, bursts of time and then reliably be able to give the dog back without being guilted. Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. No, I think you, you won't work. You will 100% be in love within 30 minutes, but you could yeah, have a week and good then in when theory. you bring it back, they don't try to like 
upsell you into being the full of owner. Of course they will. But you're a strong, powerful mm, man. Right. You can fight it. I've been to a timeshare pitch and walked away. <laughs> I walked. I, I You've been training for me. this your yeah, entire I life, Andy. No. Yeah. You've got it in you. I believe in you. Uh, your buddy who named the dog after the street, what are we going to do if he moves to Hollywood and Highland? That's his dog's a, new name? You can't have a Brea on Highland. Okay, yeah. so he, this is where he's stuck. Yeah, I guess, okay. I guess so. We're never going to be... I mean, I guess you could rename your... Have you had an experience with listeners who've renamed their dogs and have the dogs learned those names? I suppose I've never had the experience of a man naming his dog after the street he lives on. But in general, can a dog... Uh, all dogs, new tricks. But what about all dogs, new name? Sure. Can you just start calling oh, yeah. it a different name? Yeah, of course. It doesn't care. You still really? feed it? Yes. You can change that name. Really? Yeah. Do they love it? Probably not. But like among friends, they'll be like, listen, my name's Walter. <laughs> But they're calling me Mr. Bigglesworth. So it's just whatever. I'll answer to whatever <laughs> sort of as long as the food comes in. thing. Yeah. Okay. This is not what I like to be called. Uh, <laughs> these are my preferred pronouns. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. Sounds about right to me. Um, I feel like we glossed over the bad news because it is bad news and everyone's already heard it, I guess. Maybe it, it doesn't. It, yeah. So... Trump not being part of the big global climate agreement. Which I didn't realize wasn't even very strict. I, I was listening to Pod Save America. They were detailing what it, what it entails. It just, it just says that everyone kind of agrees to set up their own rules, which they will then promise to follow. And then other people will kind of check in on the rules that each country individually set up, I think was the kind of thing. So it wasn't right. very like, it wasn't like there's some group who's like, we... T- we we are larger than we are more powerful than your country and we're saying what you have to do i don't think that was the case at all it was a pretty lax yeah it was like a sort of uh hey maybe we need to do something about this no <laughs> yeah and we're, no. i think it was just Mm-mm. us and no us and nicaragua and syria and even nicaragua is on board but they just wanted a different like yeah we're not in good company um i love nicaragua by the way um <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bode well for the future and for our like China's on board. Yeah. And I thought the whole thing was that because first of all, when we talk about climate change and people are against it, they're not against they don't care about the science. They care about business and regulation, which is the conversation that everyone should be having, not the science one, because you can't win on the science. They're not gonna care if you show them the science. You can win the conversation by saying, like, listen, this isn't gonna hurt business. There's ways to do this and not regulate to the point of killing off your precious corporations. Yeah, it's actually gonna like help business because nowadays green energy is more profitable and employs more people yeah. than burning old dinosaurs. Like the new coal mine that Trump is touting that is going it's to employ insane. 70 to 100 people. Oh, Great. Good good job. No. Creating jobs left and right. 70 new jobs. Yeah. You guys are making excellent points with your facts, but I think uh, anytime the weather channel steps up to be like, nope, I'm not going to take this, uh, then then you're working oh, with Oh yeah, the, the whole of the weather yeah, channel the was the front, front page. page. Delightful. You don't want to piss off the no, weather. No, you don't. We learned that real clear today. Some people are going to be picnicking this weekend, and the weather channel is going to ruin it for them. Because <laughs> you control everything, yeah. Yeah. But no, the China thing. So China's on board, and China, I thought, was the one we were chasing, where they're like, look, they're taking off because they're not bound by these regulations, and they're just doing whatever they want. And they fucking were, because I, w- I was there in 2005, in Shanghai, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Like, mm. it was fucking terrifying, the right. sky there. But even they're coming around. Like, if they're on... Uh, it's just... It makes no sense. Uh, breaking news, yes. by the way. Oh, what do you got, Matt? Well, various things have happened. So California, um, California, New York, and Washington have announced plans to, like, basically 
still honor the Paris Agreement Whoa. amongst themselves. How does that have work? Have a little breakaway thing. Well, I don't know exactly, but the, together they are like a fifth of the U.S.'s economy and population. Uh, California, New York? California, New York, and then Washington as well. California and New York together are also the the fourth biggest uh, GDP country, if they were a country, fourth biggest in the world. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's already like a lot of international muscle power. Um, this uh, is fantastic. So I guess, how do we how do we put that in practice? Well, I'm still going to burn fossil fuels. Oh, obviously. You can't stop me from me that. Me too. Like, I'm yeah, gonna... yeah. I meant to ask you to put that out, but okay. It's already going, so... <laughs> you can't, like, you're not infringing on my rights. I'm... <laughs> Stand strong, Matt. Stand what strong. That's what supplants vaping for the millennials, just is just like having coal. a little bit of coal in your hand. You just burn it all times. <laughs> Can you take, take that outside... Whiff. Fuck you! No, <laughs> I will not. It's my right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, also breaking news, at the same time, California Senate, although it's completely uncosted right now, but California Senate has just approved a universal health care bill. Whoa. Single payer. I gotta get on my phone right now. This is fantastic. I know. All this is happening right now as we're recording. Wait. So... How how does that how is that possible? How do they have the authority? Well, just within California, I right? Guess. But does that? Well, I guess the idea is that we pay for with Calif- with state tax, but sure. And then you are not uh, okay. I, I don't I don't know enough about how that uh, would you still be under penalty if you're not subscribing to a nationwide plan? Would you still have? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, that's, I don't that's, know. That sounds great, though. Sounds great. I'm real proud of them. Good work, team. Hey, everybody in this room. The LA Times. Um, yeah, single-payer health care plan advances in California Senate without a way to pay its $400 billion tab. So that might be the kicker. But it does sound promising. But hang on. How many people are in California? That's a good point. Um, what do we think? Like six? At least, uh, yeah. I feel like well, no, it's got to be more than that. Because think about like the, the last yeah. last weekend when we all went away. Oh, sure. And there were like oh, you're right. there were okay. like ten of us, all and right. we were so all in California. So it's going to be yeah. Okay. All right. Two people left. Two more came. So there's at least fourteen. California. Yeah, it's fourteen people. It's fourteen. <sighs> By the way, happy birthday, Andy. Hey, we all had Andy. A birthday yes. weekend. Thank happy you. birthday. Have you talked about your birthday bonanza on the show? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. No, that's right. We were all and up in, in Big Bear. Andy rented a cabin in Big Bear. Andy can throw a birthday bonanza. We, it was a good birthday weekend. It was pretty fun. It was uh, the new lesson going forward. Uh, a thing that I would not have thought would make a weekend super fun, but that you should do when you rent a cabin, instantly befriend the neighbors. Oh yeah. I mean, you want them on your side in case you're loud, but they also might turn out to be a Dennis and Diane pair. The coolest. <laughs> a 60-something couple who ended up partying in the hot tub with us. Andy won them over so much that Dennis and Diane were their names. Mm-hmm. 60, in 60s? They were both 60s? Yeah. Uh, uh, just as adorable as you want them to be. Two golden retrievers. That's important. Yeah. Former uh, rescue, retired rescue dogs, one of them. Fantastic. Is that Zoe or uh, Callie? Oh, got both. According to me, probably not. I think just one of them was. But I didn't want to make the other one feel bad. So I was like, oh, you both did a great job. Um, But then, Andy, you won them over so much that you were gifted with art and you were gifted with healing crystals. Oh, I forgot you guys got to take your crystals. Yeah, yeah. Dennis and Diane. uh, Dennis is a retired ski patrol guy, mountain photographer. Uh, You can go to Mountain Dreamscapes. I'm going to give him a plug. Sure. I think it's (laughs) mountaindreamscapes.com. That's what it is. Uh, I had a look at some of his pictures and I got to be honest, like some of them very cool. I liked a lot of the mountain pictures he took. Uh, some of them were nudes. Whoa! And, yeah, really? and I wasn't. I mean, yeah, they were arty, but oh. I they, they were a little bit racy for my like you Dennis. know like 
end of the winter and some of the mountains, there was just nothing on them. Oh. Whoa. Now, I only saw Very wildlife. Risky. Were they wildlife nudes or human nudes? No, no, mountain nudes. Oh, sure. Okay. They, were, right. they were bear pictures. <laughs> it's a homophone. Homophone Every, joke. Big Bear, bear does really go heavy on the bear stuff up <laughs> yeah, there. Like, yeah, they yeah. really... He it's does have bear everything. pictures, though. He had some close encounters with a bear. He it's showed us this picture he took from like 10 incredible. feet away. Um, yeah. But yeah, de- like. He gave me a, a, a matted uh, uh, 18 by 24 pick and a bag, because Crystal Mountain is nearby where you can find all these quartz crystals if you go on a hike. Bag of like probably 30 crystals. And I meant to tell everyone they can take a souvenir crystal. You guys got to take crystals. Now, what's the science behind that, boys? How how scientifically healing are crystals? Well, it if it if makes them feel good. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I don't, I don't believe they're magic, but they're fucking cool looking. They are cool. He wasn't giving them to me saying these are magical. Just oh, that's in what Dennis I heard. and Diane's defense. It's like you've got I one heard, of those. Make a salt- wish. Yeah. It's like, like you've got one of those salt crystal lamps over there, and I like it. Oh, yeah. Just because it was the $10, it was the cheapest lamp on Amazon. Right. Yeah. And I, li- I like it. I like the look of it. And then I've since found out that people believe that that lamp. Yeah, when heated up, gives off yeah some kind of positive healing ions. They're like, can't you just? Uh, it's a nice looking thing that's kind of cool. It's like an orange lamp with a tiny, with a tiny Christmas light inside. Yeah, it's a ten. It's the cheapest desk lamp you can buy. Magic or no magic. But yeah, good. but yeah, I showed up a bit later because I'd come from the writers' room, and then you'd already been drinking. And shame on you! Shame yeah. on you! Yep, I know. Matt, we tried. I told uh, everybody, uh, wait, we're staying yeah. sober until Matt gets here, I said. And then I drank my weight in a lot of alcohol. We went to karaoke. I woke up the next morning furious that I did not get up. How dare she give the little Yeah, you priority. were very angry that you didn't get picked once. <laughs> so mad. Uh, then the photos and videos started coming in. I got up multiple times, <laughs> each time singing a Savage Garden song, <laughs> attributing it to Chris Cornell, who's in Soundgarden. <laughs> But wait, I think you should back up on that story. Sure, yeah. Because when Chris Cornell died, we talked about the fact that you had seen him live once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, listen, I have a dark past. I, I was a big nerd. I did sincerely, not ironically, love Savage Garden. Mm-hmm. I also have a, a, a dash of the dyslexia. I knew the group I liked was S Garden something. So I bought tickets and I went to my Savage Garden concert. And as soon as I got there, none of my friends were there. And then there was a skunk infestation because it just smelled like skunks like crazy. I was very innocent at this age. And then not one song did they play. Chicka Cherry Cola did not come up <laughs> once. And the guy had grown out his hair so quickly. And then it occurred yeah, to me, I'm like, page. I'm at the wrong fucking concert. This is Soundgarden. Was, was Savage Garden playing the same night? Nope. Okay, not cool. even close, Matt. Okay. Nope. Not even a little so you bit. you didn't have like a Google alert set up that had no. the misspelled name. It was just like perusing And there's the merch as far as the eye can yeah, see yeah, that yeah. says Soundgarden. Soundgarden. I should have put it together miles before and uh, did then, not. But in retrospect, you ended up at the better concert. Like, isn't that sort Thank of... Thank you. And I became a lifelong fan. Did it was really terrific. Ish. <laughs> Ish. Sort of. He was great. I never saw them live yeah. and his voice is... That boy has got oh, chops. God. Boy, yeah. can he sing. It's really sad. Um, so California's population is just shy of 40 million, which means you're talking about 10 grand per head would be the cost of this. Whew. That's that's a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot, but it's not that much in the grant, like on average as tax, but then that's state tax. But how many? Yeah. Because we got a lot of folks who can do more than 10. Do we suppose that we'll get a, a lot of scholarships, a lot of grants, a lot of, hey, I got you. I got you. I'll cover your 10 grand for you. Well, I presume if this thing happened, it would happen. It would come out of tax money. Yeah, it would be like a, a, a new... Which is how it works in you know, most countries. That ha- Oh, actually, speaking of which, we got an explanation of Australia Ooh. Mm-hmm. from one of our listeners. Because last week we were um, 
we were talking, we were asking what the Australian system is, and I knew it was called Medicare, but couldn't remember exactly how it worked. And then, um, so uh, Emma Wilton, actually, a couple of people sent in explanations. So Emma Wilton sent in this thing saying, um, "It's paid for out of a levy on our taxes, two percent of taxable income. If you earn more than that, a certain amount each year. If you earn more than a certain amount each year, uh, you pay an extra levy on top of it." Uh, but it doesn't cover dental, so uh, she has private insurance. <laughs> I thought um, your so was going to be go fuck yourself. So go fuck um, yourself, no teeth. But then, actually, there's a more detailed, here we go, really detailed explanation from Justin Turner. Here we go. Um, that one's almost too much. Almost too much. Ju- <laughs> fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skim it sure, and give you the highlights. Yeah. Good. Thank so, you for writing in. Thank you for helping. So it's paid for by a levy on income tax. The federal government uses that money to pay doctors a set fee for a patient visit. Some doctors just take that payment in in a process called bulk billing, but some will also charge a gap fee. Uh, Public hospitals, which are a very high standard comparatively, are run and funded by state governments. And a lot of that funding is granted to them by the federal government. Um, Treatment as a public patient in a public hospital is basically free. But individuals are also encouraged to have private health care on top of that. The federal government offers a rebate on the cost of premiums. It was a blank at 30%, but now it's means-tested and on a sliding scale. And if you don't take it out by your 31st birthday, your premium is raised each year. You delay before finally taking it out. So if you wait until you're in your mid to late 30s, oh, then your premium is harder, higher. Signing up. Okay, yeah. Yeah. They have private hospitals for some, for some surgery and maternity, but mostly a private insurance will get you a better room in a public hospital. That's the same as in the UK. Mm-hmm. Quite often there's like a floor. There's like, this is the private ward of the hospital. And all it means is the same doctors doing your surgery. Business but class. Yeah. It's exactly that. Yeah. The business class and the economy class passengers both land in the same airport. Yeah. But the huh. business class just gets a nicer time of it. And that's what it is in Britain for hospitals. How do you guys feel about this? Does and it seem like a good system? I mean, of course it seems like a good system. It's certainly a better system. There's some, you know, bleeding heart snowflakes over here. Sure. And then pre- <laughs> I think poor people shouldn't have to die for being poor. And then prescription uh, medication... If it's on the pharmaceutical benefits scheme, you pay a set amount, which the government has negotiated. Uh, concession card holders like pensioners get charged a lower fee. And then he gives an example, but we won't go into that. He also sets a puzzle. I have no idea whether this is true. His, do you see a swimming puzzle? Oh, yeah, I did. Um, I couldn't believe this. I think his numbers are wrong because he asked about depth of pools and how that affects speed because he said his local 50-meter pool has a deep end and shallow end. He says 1.6 meters to 1.1 meters. I assume you mean you're you're estimating the depth of the shallow end, not saying the deep one is 1.6 and the shallow is 1.1 because that would be the shallowest 50 meter pool I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about like three and a half to five feet. I guess, five, well, I don't know. No, that might be possible. It's just surprising you'd build a pool that big and not have a deep end deep enough for like a diving board. Um, but yeah, your question was, uh, he finds the swimming freestyle to be faster in the shallow end, or at least easier. Um, he says he's pretty tall, 6'2", so his hands probably get fairly close to the bottom on the shallow end. Is that helping him or is it all in his head? I would say it's all in your head and you're just seeing something closer to your face move by faster, like parallax, you know, because uh, if it was faster, that would be a thing... You would see three and a half sure. foot deep Olympic pools, but also you don't. The you see very deep. Element of, like, are you diving into the deep, and then once you get to the shallow, you're almost done, and you're like, oh, I'm going faster because I'm almost finished. Well, I think it's. Uh, well, that was no, that was you, me you, swimming. I'm like, it's slower, almost over. You'd be slower by the time you're fastest at the beginning of a race. You definitely get slower constantly throughout the race. I mean, unless 
whatever. Um, but it's more like, you know, you're looking out the window and you're seeing a, a hill in the distance moving very slowly, then a tree close to you zooms by. So I think it's just that. Because, yeah, they definitely have all deep pools for Olympic stuff. Like, I think at least eight to ten feet the whole way across for actual Olympic competition because that has less of a likelihood of like other lanes right. churning up water disturbing what's happening in your lane but it also seems like something that could be easy to test granted the lane lines will get in your way but we could do a horizontal test in the shallow and we could do a horizontal test in the deep and see which one's faster by that logic you would then the, the science of swimming would have been decided a long time ago but <laughs> every five to ten years there's new theories seriously people just don't understand like I mean fluid mechanics is one of the most complicated branches of science so it's not surprising, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of like hand waving and guesswork, and, and it comes to like the physics of ideal swimming. Do a lot of superstition. Feel, do you feel faster, shallower, or deeper? No, or it's never deeper. To you? D- I'm deeper. Yeah, shallow. I had to swim in a three and a half foot deep pool my entire high school career, and halfway through high school, they banned. We, we couldn't have meets anymore because they're like, wait, we shouldn't be letting people dive off of blocks yeah. into a three and a half foot deep pool. There was never an accident because you're diving a, a racing dive. You're not like diving dive. You know, it's a but still, three and a half feet deep. It's awful. It's it was the worst training That's close. pool imaginable because yeah. um, you just get so many currents and th- yeah. The internet seems to suggest there might be a difference. Interesting. A difference uh, in favor of deep, right? Uh, I would say in favor of shallow. But what what are they saying? So here's one one answer. Uh, with regular swimming, no, not much difference. But for competitive swimming, about sixty centimeters under the water surface below. That's two feet. The resistance you get from waves moving the water drops significantly compared to just below the surface. Uh, hang on. Um, but that would be swimming below the water. Is this Yahoo Answers? Where are you getting this? This is Quora. Yeah, okay. so there's no... There's also a lot of different things happening now because suddenly in the last five to ten years, underwater stuff has become a bigger issue because guys are super effective at dolphin kick with just their legs, like the butterfly kick, underwater for a long time. And now they're having to ban that because... Like a guy just raced Olympians and beat them all going underwater the whole way. And that he, he was faster, but they disqualified him because it wasn't legal. Even though it's freestyle, which is not a stroke so much as saying, do whatever gets you there fastest. Sure. If it was going to be a stroke, call it front crawl. So I don't know. I, I think I think freestyle should be like, whatever you fucking do. You can't wear fins, but like, however you can get to the end of the pool fastest, let's see what you can do. But I think it's sort of like less fun to watch no someone rules. underwater. No rules, just whatever, whatever like it takes. A boat, just however sure. you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be like it's a mad, 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 mad world kind of rules. Like any kind of <laughs> any way you can get from just one end of the pool to the run. other. Right. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Dom DeLuise might be piloting. Your, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You might uh, you might hijack a plane at some point. Just yeah. however you can get from one side of the pool to the other. I love it in the shortest amount of time. I actually want to lean into the underwater the whole way element. Like, make that a whole different event. Or you say they should make it a new stroke. I'm like, no, but personally, I I hate strokes in general. That's why I like freestyle. I think swimming is like, how fast can you get there through the water? Whatever you want to do. Where like butterfly breaststroke and backstroke is like imposing these arbitrary. It's like having a hundred meters skipping or something. It's like imposing weird ways of slowing you down. Do you fastest swimming. flutter kick the whole time? Do you use butterfly at all on your... Yeah, the, yeah. the underwater, the first, like, I'll do like four sure. or five dolphin kicks. But increasingly people are doing... You, now the rule is you have to be up uh, 15 meters off of the wall. You have to be above the water by do that time. Do they mark that underneath? No, so you, so you go, just oh. have to know. They mark it in lane lines. And actually Ryan Lochte, who swam for our team at Nationals, he broke a bunch of Masters records a month ago. Uh, but one of the... I have footage and I think one of the times he did stay underwater <sighs> and butterfly leg too long but it's, it's Masters. No That's so gonna... against character for him. He's so good at following the rules. <laughs> so honorable. That's so weird. Have you guys already talked about Lotke on the podcast? 
have, not the, in, have the kiddos not heard in it? depth. And I was sort of bummed because he was on our team, but he didn't sit with us. He sat with like three he other was the like whole dish. Olympic. What's Lucky really like? I didn't even talk to him. I thought he was going to come say hi to our like sixty person strong team. I thought he was going to be sitting with us, and like he didn't so much as come by once. He swam unofficially for our roster, but like. I was like, are you on our team or not? You just yeah. showed up. and But I mean, it's cool. Thank you. If you're listening, Ryan, thank you for swimming for us. <laughs> Don't you dare. You we give got, him a hard time. Ra- not me. Ryan, listen, if you're listening, you need to pull it together, kiddo. It's enough is enough. You I sit know. with your team. Um, the internet seems to suggest the opposite. The internet seems to think that Shall deep it? water is easier to swim in. Hmm. It's faster. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, which is what the opposite that's of what, what Olympic pools have is. That's why they. All, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's the opposite of what. Yeah, what I was saying is that he's he's mistaken and he's just seeing the bottom yeah. of the pool move by faster because it's closer to him and thinking. Yeah, and I'm faster. wondering if there is any if there is any difference. You'd think the shallower the water is, the more turbulence there'd be. Right. Which it's and bad. turbulence generally equals drag. Sure. Yeah, it's like anything else has turned that splashed water then goes through, and you want as little of that as possible. Also, you want to have bulkheads whenever possible as opposed to like walls so that when you turn that splashed water then goes through right yeah some bulkheads are kind of like a, a lattice like a mesh thing so the water can keep going as opposed to reflecting off of that wall and then making even more turbulence whenever you turn that makes sense this i think been swimming talk. but for your sweet little listener who wrote in i agree with him that psychologically you definitely feel faster because you can see it which is your same mountain scenario that you were yeah saying. like driving through a tunnel seems like you're going faster than looking at the walls of the tunnel probably than if you had nothing to look at but a tree a thousand miles away <laughs> yeah, this is a horrible analogy <laughs> no, no, um, it's good uh, i still want to do my test though i wonder how much psychological perception plays into speed though i get the science says you should be faster and deep you're saying if you see things coming by faster does it also make you then try harder sure like if i how about this if i if i'm running and what I'm really going to run is three miles. But the whole time you're telling me it's one mile, then I'm going to keep my one mile pace and just be like, God, I must be out of shape today. But I'm going to be faster because I think I'm only doing one. So if we have people dressed up as trees next yes. to you, running the opposite direction to go super fast. precisely like the experiment I want. Yes. 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 Swimming by your head. <laughs> I'm killing this. Yeah. And then like, like a, maybe like a Tesla next to you, but driving incredibly slowly. So you're like, whoa, I'm running faster than a Tesla. I'm killing it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tied it back in. Elon Musk even was like, fuck you, Trump, because of this climate thing. Did you hear that? Even Not Elon bad. Musk. Even Elon Musk yeah, pulled out of his um, his like business, whatever that was. He had some kind of like team of business experts, and Elon's like, I'm out if you pull I out of Paris. Can't do it. Well, it sounds like everybody's slowly moving out. We got California, Washington, New York. I, I can't believe this is what we have to talk about, because I thought we were going to get to have so much fun with Cafefe on this oh, episode, but now it's already over. Like, that was four, no, 48 hours happened. ago. That's happened. Yeah. I know. Let's talk about monkeys instead. Okay. Thank God. Should, should we ask, I guess, what your background is in science, by the way? Oh. We, we, we never actually got to that. But. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, I have one direct background, and I've got one affiliated background. The affiliated one is funner, but the direct is true. Well, they're both true. Uh, do you... Yeah, care? get in. Sure. So direct is uh, I just uh, I did uh, a lot of personal training a while back, and so to pass those tests, uh, you've got you've got to learn your uh, your biomechanics and your physics and your uh, kinesiology, and then you uh, you learn it all and you pass the test, and then you go into the actual training and you try to tell that to a client, and they're like. 
oh yeah no i don't i don't care that's i don't <laughs> yeah. n- nobody but gives a doesn't shit doesn't it give that. some air of respectability when you're bullshitting them about why they need to do another lap you would think that's true but ultimately about a month like i stood strong and i was like oh the reason you're having knee pain kinetically is because your hip flexor tight and they just didn't give a shit and then ultimately i was just like oh the key to this is just how important and enthusiastic can i make counting look like the one <laughs> this two. is so on on <laughs> this is the same problem we're talking about at a national scale yes. this is the exact like right? the death of expertise nobody cares no one cares about the details yep. yeah just um, how impressive can I make counting? Right, that's it. That's uh, Listen, if you want to be a personal trainer and you can make counting look really important, you're in, man. That's all you need. That's all you need. Uh, and then the reason I got out to California in the first place was my high school sweetheart went to Caltech. So uh-huh. I lived on the Caltech campus for three years. Mm. So I got to see all of it. Um, my worst story about that is uh, as a group, we all did the prices right. Um, <laughs> and the, uh, the Caltech mascot is Beavers. So I was a bouncy uh, 19-year-old wearing a tight beaver shirt. So I got called up. It didn't say tight beavers on it. <laughs> it didn't okay. say tight beavers. No. No. Uh, a tight so, comma right. beaver shirt. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. So this poor, because it's like legally binding that if a college group goes to prices Right, Somebody, Somebody has, has to, to get, get called it. up. Yeah, yeah. So this non-Caltech kiddo. Yeah, I think that is a thing, by the way. Like a little bit of advice if anyone... Particularly the price is right, but many of those sort of game shows, if you if it's any kind of game show where someone gets selected to do a thing, if you go with a group of more than twenty people and you seem loud, you one of you will go up. Oh absolutely. And you're identifiable yeah. as a group by the yeah. way you're yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to like show up together and then when they're doing the pre interview and stuff. Right. So price is right, someone goes down the line with a clipboard and asks you all about your stuff and then they go, Okay, you- there's twenty, who's the one who's right. gonna be Who the best? Who jumps on the most? You, Are you okay. telling me that there is anything less than the utmost importance placed on pure random selection from the Can you right audience. Uh, oh, you no, I just meant like, not. oh, that's just a probabilistically, there's a little study on this, but probabilistically, um, if, if things are picked randomly, then generally the loudest person in a large group <laughs> will get If it's get a Gaussian chosen. distribution, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, yes, that's the scientific answer. So uh, I can't look at either one of you as I say this because it's that embarrassing. Worse than Savage Garden. Uh, I got called up. This was back in the days where Bob Barker was still there. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Uh, I never knew this. I, look at this. I know. Uh, so this was 2004. Right. Uh, but he was like, we were just barely phoned in it. And I was the very last one to get called up. So I had one shot. Uh, and we got to uh, bid on a fireplace which I had no clue. So I turned back to my, my team, how much should it be? And then one of the kids was saying 800 and then the other one was saying 1,000. And then my brain freaked out and to Bob Barker on air, I said 18,000. Oh. <laughs> and he said, do you want to drop a zero to the Caltech kid mortified <laughs> this whole group just mortified from kip thorne to me caltech representing uh so just uh not not great i did not get up uh, did you have to keep the first thing you said yeah yeah and they were just like he i don't you if you wanted he to- said do you want to drop a zero so then i was like oh 1800 which is not the price of a fireplace uh it's 800 just like the little kiddos that exactly told me exactly what someone said yeah because caltech kids know this wow, they wow. know such things how much was it 800 800 is a going rate for a fireplace huh. okay now we know. I'm trying to picture an eighteen thousand dollar fireplace. Right. It comes right. It's the best. It's the best fireplace <laughs> in the best. Just, but I got so. I, I honestly lucky. thought you were going to have combined the two as eight hundred thousand. Like I thought that's how it was going to. Eight hundred, a thousand. 
800,000. Maybe that. I don't. Who could it be? Uh, Do you have this on VHS You know what? I was just about to say, I got so lucky, so lucky that this happened like just right at the cut before YouTube happened. Yeah, that's like an afternoon before YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Like the next day. Exactly. So I, uh, yeah, that's, nothing else good ever happens to me in life. I'm fine. Because that, nobody can find that tape except for on this podcast. (laughs) And which authority. I think an $18,000 fireplace is a fireplace sitting on top of a 2016 Honda Civic. Oh, it has to be, right? (laughs) (laughs) Is what that is. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, Are you guys astounded that I didn't make it to the Showcase Showdown? I'm so, I mean, I, I guess I, I can't be jealous of your experience, but I'm, I'm jealous of the first part of it. I'm yeah. Je- like, yeah, you got to, in the Bob Barker day, that's right. like one of those things that no one can ever do right. again. It's like Brooks got on SNL the last season that uh, that um, um, Don Pardo was alive. Oh, sure. He got to have Don Pardo yeah. say, Brooks Whelan. Come on. That's and then so he great. said $18,000 and then he was fired <laughs> right. right away. But. Right. Because all the odds are in my favor. Like I had no reason to not make it to the end. And yet I still managed to have <laughs> Bob Parker tell me, do you want to drop a zero? <laughs> that's nice. That's like, nice. He has that power. He's sweet. allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's my science background, guys. Okay, yeah, Very qualified I mean, yeah, to be interesting. here right interesting. now. Interesting you mentioned Kip Thorne, though, because he had another little victory yeah. announced today. Oh, wait, he had one today? Well, Kip Thorne, one of the people behind LEGO, discussed on the show before. We've had people who work on the project on the show before go back in our archives for the LEGO episodes. Mm-hmm. But they, um, as sent in just today by Justin Broad and Eric Voicefoot, they just had their third successful detection of gravity waves. No kidding. Well, they, as given that the way science works, they actually had it about half a year ago. But January the 4th this year was when it happened, but it's just been sort of confirmed and announced. They picked up uh, yet another wobble, picked up by two, created by two black holes three billion light years away, spiraling towards each other. Um, and That's the gravitational really waves that come off from that have been detected again by this thing Lego. It's pretty extraordinary. When they turned it on, I'm sure, well, they thought, okay, this thing will eventually, when we get it working, when we get the, it sensitive enough, we will find something eventually, but who knows how long it'll take. The fact that in, has it been even a year? I think it's, I think uh, it was about, it, it has been over a year. Cause that's how I found your podcast. Cause I was looking, cause when the first waves came out, I was just like, Oh, I need somebody to break this down for me. Uh, and then I found you guys. Yeah. I think they were detected in the fall of 2015 and early 2016. They were able to announce it maybe. So yeah. So it's getting on sort of a year and a half, two years now, but in that time to have three separate detections now, which makes it even weirder that the first one was detected as soon as they turned it on. It was, yeah, it was, it was the first one was detected. If you remember, on what was meant to be a test run. Like, they were basically firing up the equipment to see if it worked, and they even had to make sure it wasn't a test signal that one of them had put in. Like, it was just, everything was just... It was too good oh, to Oh, let's just... Sure. Yeah. They were all, it was like they were on the sound check. Right. And and accidentally recorded the album. Like, it was just, oh, we were just... This wasn't meant to happen. Yeah, yeah. So, the fact that... So, we're on three now. Three times it's been proven? Three times now they've okay. successfully detected what has been identified and yeah if you listen back we had um an initial episode with jamie rollins and larry price who both worked on the lego project describing what it is and then after the detection we got them back on and also jana levin who is a professor at columbia and is an expert in black holes just talking about what it is mm-hmm. cool uh, also check out jana levin's she's got a new book out as well or i guess it's not a new book now but which one is that again? I'm going to look up the she's name of it. A, she's got a, she's got a heap books. of books now. 
But she's great. She's one of our favorite scientists. But to summarize, if people haven't gone back and listened to the LIGO episodes, it's uh, it's a laser interferometer uh, gravitational observatory, I think it stands for. Um, yeah, so the way this works is um, it a, a light beam, a light beam from a laser, basically a single photon is, well, the light beam is split into two different light beams, one going uh, going at right angles to each other. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine one sort of going north-south and the other's going east-west, right. and it's bouncing up and down this tube. And, and the, the tube's tu- super long. Like the tube is super, or, super yeah. long and measured so it is exactly the same length. So this tube is identical length. So if a light beam starts at this, the point where they meet and goes one way and the other, they should hit at exactly the same time. And that's what normally happens. They've got a mirror at the far end. It bounces off that, bounces back. At, and this, sh- at this vertex where there's right. another mirror. that yeah. yeah, so it's like this sort of L-shaped thing. And if you imagine, if you imagine almost like f- firing a rubber ball down two tubes that are like an L-shape and it bounces off the end and back again, the two balls should collide right at the, um, exactly the uh, join between those two. Mm-hmm. If, the, uh, if the length of the two tubes is the same, the speed yeah. is the same. Yeah. And that's what should happen with these photons, with this, with this laser pulse. And because of that, normally, if two light beams hit exactly, they cancel each other out. If they're the same thing, or if they're, if they're in phase, they come out double. If they're out of phase, they come out... If they're exactly out of phase, they cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. And so you can sort of tune them. You can tune them exactly. And if they've gone a slightly different distance, they'll be a little bit out of phase, and that'll give off a signal. Like, um, like if suddenly one arm of this thing gets shortened or lengthened, which is yeah. what happen when a gravity wave passes And that is through. what a gravity yeah. wave is. If a gravity wave passes through, the entire fabric of space-time stretches and then compresses the same way air does with a sound wave. And so one of these arms will end up fractionally longer than the other. And so they won't, the two light waves won't exactly meet in the same way they did previously. And it detects, and I guess when they don't meet, then that interference pattern passes through that mirror at the vert. I was like, we'll make it simple. This is going to be a long... <laughs> no, but you guys are. Like, it's, it's uh, complicated, but you're making it easy for anybody to follow. But it's super... It's super precise because I, th- I think I remember hearing it's a mile and a half long and it can detect um, changes in, in that distance by as little as one one thousandth of a proton. Yeah, this, the, this thing is insane. so absurdly tiny, the distance that this, the, yeah. this gravity wave ends up moving the Earth. Can you guys speak to what this information means? Well, what this means is that Einstein was right about general relativity. Which is cool. So... Which we knew from other things, but this is like one of the things that general relativity predicted was the existence of gravity waves. And they have now been detected. So the book I was thinking of is the most recent book that Jan Eleven put out, and it's called Black Hole Blues and Other Songs from Outer Space. And it's specifically about the creation of the LIGO project and the story of the people behind it. So if you really want a really thorough understanding of exactly what LIGO is, get this book. We'll, there's a link to it. I think we have a link to it on probablyscience.com. We'll make sure there's another one. That's our Amazon shopping link. So mm-hmm. if you go through that, that helps us. Um, and we'll post a link to that. And uh, Jan is great. Listen to all the episodes of this show she's done because she's very good at explaining all things space and gravity and black holes. I've oh. only gotten into one of her books, but they're excellent. They get, are. Get into those books. Oh, and speaking of past episodes, I meant to plug, um, there was an episode we did in 2014 with my old college classmate, Deepak Srinivasan, who worked on the Pluto New Horizons flyby. 
And he also mentioned an upcoming project at that point, um, the first ever solar probe. And that would just made news this week because, um, I think the main thing was just that they renamed it in honor of, it's now called the Parker solar probe in honor of Parker from Thunderbirds. (laughs) Parker Lewis can't lose. There it is. (laughs) Um, uh, pioneering physicist, Eugene Parker. But yeah, uh, yeah, but this launches. So he's involved in this. Uh, he passed away. I I mean, not Eugene Parker, your friends, your old college. (laughs) Oh, I actually want to make sure that he actually did vacillate. Maybe not. Um, yeah, yeah. He he mentioned it. You don't remember talking about that on the podcast at the time. I I think I'd forgotten about Come it. On, he, Matt, was, 2014. he was, he was Bring telling back. us we're sending a probe into the sun. We're like, is it gonna be okay? He's like, no, it's gonna burn up. <laughs> Definitely not. Idiot. No, that's but on not the way in, it's gonna get. It's gonna gather information and send it. But I guess it's gonna be in a in a pretty close orbit. <laughs> for a while gathering data then it's gonna just be like fucking let's go for it as you hypothesized it'll actually land on the sun what were you were we well, thinking think screens gonna... we were thinking sunscreen no, 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 a little no. spf yeah. 100 it'll it be fine was... eugene parker by the way still alive age 89 go eugene okay okay he's okay. an american solar astrophysicist thank you for your service who in the mid 50s <laughs> developed the theory good job the... killing him off <laughs> andy <laughs> He developed the theory of the supersonic solar wind and predicted the Parker spiral shape of the solar magnetic field in the outer solar system. He also proposed in the mid-80s that the solar corona might be heated by myriad tiny nanoflares, miniature brightenings resembling solar flares that would occur all over the surface of the sun. Cool. So this uh, is now the Parker Solar Probe, and it's launching July, uh, between July and August of 2018. First ever thing that we've sent to the sun. As, as humans. Uh, he also said, um, I know that it's advised to never look directly at the sun, but I do it all the time and you're all pussies. Yeah. So that was the thing he said. That's weird. I like him. That's That's weird. He, said, yeah, he, he said, stare at... I stare at the sun for up to an hour every day just to be inspired, <laughs> okay. and I recommend you all do the same. And his interviewer responded, um, Eugene, I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here you go, buddy. Um, I don't know, that S-Town guy worked with Mercury, and that turned out fine for him. Oh, so yeah, I think right? it's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Um, yeah, I guess we'll link to that in the he show notes. He also said everything episode. in the sky that isn't the sun is also a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, fuck the moon. Great. I like this guy. The moon's like a big puss. Oh, actually, no, there's a new story about this. Um, Trump is considering pulling the plug on it because he's he's worried that by the time it gets there... It, it might be nighttime when the sun goes bye-bye. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't like the guy, but he's got some, mm-hmm. he's got some good points there. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Uh, wait, do we get to talk about monkeys or are we running oh, out of time? Okay, I was no, very no, excited yes. about oh, monkeys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get on to monkeys. We've been all spacey. <laughs> we've been all space and price is right. <laughs> there is a monkey mafia, Renee. Does that make you happy? Yes, it makes me very happy. Yes, I'm very happy. Of course I'm happy. Emailed to probablyscienceatgmail.com by Paul Steenbeek. Does that sound like uh, Dutch? What do you think that is? Paul I think Steen- so. Yeah. The way you said it anyway. P-O-U-L. It's an interesting name. Uh, monkey mafia, steal your stuff, then sell it back for a cracker. <laughs> Long-tailed macaques living near an Indonesian temple have run, figured how to run a ransom racket on visiting tourists. They grab valuables such as glasses, hats, cameras, or in one case, a wad of cash from the ticket booth, then wait for temple staff to offer them food before dropping their old Gotham games and dashing off with a prize. Oh my god, I'm in love. Mm-hmm. I love every last bit of this. Although this behavior had been reported anecdotally at Uluwatu Temple on the island of Bali for years. I went there. Have you really? That's it had never been... my monkey pictures are from. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. It had never been studied scientifically in the wild, so Franny Brockcrum, uh, 
uh, a primatologist at the University of Liege in Belgium and her colleagues set out to discover how and why it has spread through the monkey population. It's a unique behavior. This temple is the only place in Bali where it's found, which suggests it's a learned behavior rather than an innate ability. Brockhorn wanted to determine whether it was indeed cultural, which could help us better understand the monkey's cognitive abilities and even human evolution. <laughs> she spent four months observing four different groups of monkeys that live near the temple. The two groups that spent the most time around tourists had the highest rates of robbing and bartering, supporting the idea that they were learning the behavior by watching each other. Groups with more young males who are prone to more risky behavior also had a higher rates than the other groups. I love it. I initially wanted you to say it's because they've been watching The Godfather and yeah. a lot of other mafia movies <laughs> and they picked it up, but I, I love it. I love it. Those monkeys can be fucking vicious. And yeah. the signs there say, if you have any food on you, it needs to be out in the open to give to them because if it's in pockets, they no. will take it really? from you. They will, get in, they will find you, they will jump up on you, reach into your pockets and grab shit out of your hands, out of your pockets. That is so, I, um, uh, in part of my dark past, I worked, uh, Universal Studios has a show called the Animal Actors Stage Show uh, and they have little hosts where we worked with monkeys backstage uh, and I tell you what, <laughs> you could not be backstage without them taking something. They were spry yeah. and fast. So good. Yeah, they're Let's- Double back a second. Tell okay. me more about this show and this other life. Sure, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, have you done Universal to yourself? Universal Studios, the theme park? Uh, I don't think I ever have. I've done the Florida one. Because you're cool, Matt. You're very cool. So I enjoyed a, the Florida one. It was great. It's real fun, right? It's a good time. If you just let yourself have it, you're having a good time there. Uh, so they just have a... Uh, just a, like a show where they showcase the animals that perform in movies, but it's a live stage show. So they have the trainers that do it, but then they also have a host come out and be like, monkeys! Uh, and then you have to go stand on your little uh, square so that the monkeys behave properly. So I'm guessing you were the non-expert host. Yeah. Well, now, where would you glean such a thing? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. But then backstage, we had just as many rules because these monkeys are so smart. They're like, hey, you're in their house. Uh, and they're going to be they're going to be mad at you. And they would like you'd put your purse backstage and they would go through your purse specifically because you're in their way. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I know. Um, I think I might have shown you this video. And this is I'm, I'm not going to take the time to upload this. So listeners, I'm just going to you're going to have to imagine this. This monkey. Um, oh, wait, I added some sound to it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is your actual footage? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. So this, this, lady, had, this lady had a, a water bottle in her hand, and this monkey just took it right out of her hand, and she was really mad. She wanted the water and was trying to get it back. I'm like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Yep, now. that's how that goes. So she tried to, like, she was looking directly at it, and then it responded this way. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, terrific. Bared its teeth, ran at her, also took her poncho. So now it has her poncho <laughs> and her water bottle. I, lo- I like the idea that she's still there, she's still like there. trying to get everything back. And every time and she's then, look, more of it goes to the monkey. He unscrews the cap to the water bottle. This is great. Yeah. God, he's I'm spilling proud of it everywhere. He's wasting it, but he's yeah. trying to drink it. At no, the same he's time. making a point. Then he's he, not then wasting he it. I was, I was too close to him, and he ran at me. That was kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> So the footage that you guys are missing is Andy's got this super close up on the monkey and then the monkey looks at Andy and it backs away so fast. Yeah, I back away as he runs towards Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. I picked up on that, Andy. We can tell you're running. Yeah. Um, but no, they, they were, they're fucking smart and they, they know, they understand all the food stuffs that we have and how to get into them and the things that we value and we'll give back for a cracker. God, yeah. that makes so, me so happy. Yeah, so Brockcom believes the team has found the first preliminary evidence that the behavior is cultural, transmitted across generations. Uh, and in the years since the observation, she's gathered more evidence that the members of a fifth group of macaques that have moved into the area around the temple have also started to learn they can barter stolen goods for snacks. Um, 
Sergey Witt, a primatologist at Liverpool, John Moores, said Brockholm's work provides a novel and quite spectacular example of flexibility in primate behavior in response to environmental changes. Uh, it's particularly interesting, he adds, because the same behavior isn't seen in other places where it could occur. This indicates that it can indeed be a new behavioral tradition in primates, and one that teaches us that new traditions can involve robbing and bartering with, diff- <laughs> with a different species. <laughs> Brockhorn says her work should help researchers learn more about the physiology of primates. Oh, sorry, the psychology of primates. How information is transmitted among groups, how much they understand their own actions, and how they plan for the future. It could even help answer questions about the evolution of their own cognitive abilities. Bartering and trading skills are not well known in animals. They're usually defined as exclusive to humans. But seeing it in macaques could help us learn how early the behavior might have arisen in the evolution of the human lineage. That sounds like the best premise for either a horror film or a real fun rom-com. Uh, yeah. Monkey turned con artist, just <laughs> having a good time. Here's the here's the cutesy little end to this article as well. It says, so did Brockhorn ever fall victim to her own thieving research subjects? Oh, so many times, she says. <laughs> the monkeys were always trying to steal my hat, my pen, even my research data. I don't know how like they were doing the latter, whether it was like they were Plagiarism? hacking into her computer. Yeah, yeah. publishing papers <laughs> under their names. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bubbles, did you write this? Yeah, did you really gather this data? Yeah, it was me. Do you, have you ever bartered with a dog, Renee? Oh, gosh. Or been robbed by a You're dog. right. Many times. Many. Uh, I've definitely been manipulated. 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 In the, I think, Travis McElroy actually talked about this a lot because he was a a dog trainer. And he said that there's actually, well, maybe you guys could speak to the science of this. Something called puppification, where dogs know the younger and more like innocent and helpless they look, the more you're inclined to give them food. Especially in Hollywood. Thank right? you. Come He's on. Am I right? Focused uh, <laughs> dog culture here. But when uh, when a dog is begging, they will uh, widen their eyes and make them watery so that you're no. like, oh my gosh, they're starving. Now, this is Travis's uh, statement. He says it's a fact. He learned it as a dog trainer. That that's a like that's an evolved thing for them. They learned that wow. the bigger the eyes, the more watery, the more snacks you get. <sighs> so, yes. So this also explains the epidemic of golden retrievers getting those collagen lip implants. Because I don't, I, I'm I'm not on board. I don't uh, think it's okay. I mean, it's a trend. Give it time. Maybe yeah. maybe you'll lean into it. Maybe yeah. you'll learn to love it. Um, by the way, a few people, uh, David Geelan and Alexandra Dore amongst them, wrote in because we often comment about the BBC and other places got finding a person who wasn't involved in the trial, going like, why have they got them to comment? And they both quite accurately pointed out that it's to, to provide independence and a bit of independent research and not just trusting the one individual yeah. thing. It's Once like, I read that, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that makes yeah, perfect it's sense. It's absolutely corroborating <laughs> the story rather than just like, oh, we couldn't find, couldn't get hold of them for chat. Yeah, yeah, of course it If is. the only expert you had was the one who stands to gain if the if the story gets good coverage, you might not be getting the best. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a thing that they do in non-science stories that right, you wouldn't think right, twice about. Right. <laughs> I'm just picturing that Mr. Show sketch about the undercover uh, uh, reporter who's trying to uh, figure out if this wishing mail business is a scam or not. <laughs> he finally decides it's not because he talks to the wishing mail proprietor. Of course. Who's very nice and tells him it's not. It's, it's, not, a, it's not that at all. Um, and then it gets very meta. But, uh, well, while we are doing animal stories, by the way, uh, Baz Lovenberg sent in a tweet at us this one. Uh, tweeted, I'm sure you've heard about SPFES, the Sheep Pain Facial Expression Scale. Well, of course. Shh, no, tell me everything. 
Um, sci- Don't miss a detail. I want you to read that email word for word. Well, it's an article in Newsweek. Scientists from the University of Cambridge um, have figured out a way to understand the facial expressions of sheep using artificial intelligence, which they hope will improve the welfare of sheep and other animals. Oh. Uh, re- the researchers at Cambridge have developed a machine learning technique to estimate the severity of a sheep's pain using the Sheep Pain Facial Expression Scale, oh or the SPFES, a tool used to assess pain based on facial expressions of this sheep. <laughs> the work built on earlier research into teaching computers to recognize human emotions and expressions. There's been much more study over the years with people, said Peter, P- Professor Peter Robinson, who led the research, but a lot of the early works on the faces of humans was actually done by Darwin, sorry, on the faces of animals, was done by Darwin, who argued that all humans and many animals show emotion through remarkably similar behaviors, so we thought there would likely be a crossover between animals and our work in human faces. Look at that. Now, was there an epidemic of people asking sheep what's wrong, and they were like, nothing, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, you know what they're I'm like. Okay. Just- According uh, to the requisite, right, exactly. According to the Fine. requisite pun in the Newsweek article in the caption under the picture, how are you feeling? Ow, I'm E-W-E. proud of them. Whoever came up with that, high fived the entire office. They were so proud of themselves. So they didn't respond with not bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when a sheep is in pain, five things happen to its face according to the expression scale: their cheeks tighten, their ears fold downwards, their lips pull down and back, their nostrils change into a V shape, and their eyes narrow. A data set of 500 photographs of sheep we used to train the model with early tests suggesting it's capable of estimating pain levels with about 80% accuracy. The interesting part is you can see a clear analogy between these actions in the sheep's faces and similar facial actions in humans when they are in pain. There's a similarity in terms of the muscles in their faces and in our faces, says co-author Dr. Maro Mahmud. It... However, it is difficult to normalize a sheep's face in a machine learning model. A sheep's face is totally different in profile than looking straight on, and you can't really tell a sheep how to pose. As the old saying goes. Yeah, of course. You can bring a sheep to a camera, but you can't teach it how to pose. You know. The artificial intelligence system could eventually be used for early detection for conditions such as foot rot, which will allow for faster treatment and pain relief. By positioning a camera on a water trough or other areas where sheep congregate, the researchers hope the system would be able to recognize any sheep that are in pain. <laughs> and then it no. says, and it will then mail them a get wool soon. Ah, I don't know why. They, you're yeah. proud of that. Uh, now, listen, I guess I don't know the symptoms of foot rot, but wouldn't it save time to just look at the foot not the face. And you're like, oh, that think. foot is rotting. But, yeah, Maybe I see. Okay, yeah. I understand. Okay, this uh, is this is computers and. But if you want to know for sure, <laughs> you have to look at their face. Great, great. That's you got three for three. We'll, you nailed we'll, it. We'll, 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 we'll hold on there for a second, Andy. <laughs> That's a bit too many. Okay. okay. Uh, now I'm curious what my face makes when I'm in pain. That all humans make the same. I guess we'll sort make of some painful. of the same. Uh, some of the same muscles drop? are triggered. Yeah. That's the way that you were describing it. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen a human make that reaction. But I think you, I think you do. I okay. think your cheeks tighten. Oh sure. Your lips pull down and back. <laughs> I think I think we all inadvertently make the same face when we smell what the rock's cooking. Ah, That's sure. Like yes, all, precisely. Yeah. Your your eyes narrow. Your mouth nostrils change uh-huh. into a V shape. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. You, well, you're describing the exact same face that I get on every roller coaster I've ever ridden, thanks to the fucking photography that's on that now. Yeah. I don't. Just tell me where the camera's going to be. Yeah. I don't need to see what face I'm making. That's they do fine. increasingly try and catch you out. Like, they'll put the camera on the third, on, like, the third dip. Yeah. 
Like you, th- you think it's the first one, so you get yourself all ready, and then you're like, "All right, it'll be the second one." And then, you're like, and then by the third one, you're like, "No, I, that's when they get you." <laughs> that's when they get you. Surely that's they're right. exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. It's weird. Have you been to a theme park recently? I was at Disney a few weeks ago, and people now just take their camera phone and take a photo of the screen. Like that's all people don't. Oh, sure. oh yeah, no one's yeah. paying for shit. Yeah, no. I mean, the signs say you shouldn't do that. I think don't they? Yeah, but right. there's like crowd of people uh, yeah. and everyone's holding their phone up. Like, yeah. but I say maybe don't charge me hundred fifty dollars to get in here. That's maybe I get my roller coaster the, photo for free. Thank we're you. Sure. We're democratizing this, or if not that, we're just like yeah. There's now a difference in the economy of pictures, and you have to acknowledge sure. that. Yeah, and there's there is such a good way for them to market that they can absolutely make that work in their favor. Like, let me take a photo of this you've got the advertising on it you've got everything you need make that easy for people to post to social media and now you've got a thousand influencers okay probably more Disneyland think of how else you could uh, maybe this is for offline but yeah there's got to be a way to there's got to be a win-win thing like a way that they can still monetize it but you're not paying put a the, promo code on it and then that'll take you directly to like there's so many things you can do with that yeah. and now you've just got all these visitors promoting your park mm-hmm. come on Disney think it through give me that picture for free um Hey, we'll post a link to that and all the stories at probablyscience.com, our Squarespace Power website, where you can also find the donation button that has been used to set up monthly donations by Stephen Edmonds, uh, Keith Stadenfield, Leanne Mazier, uh, Peter Lipschey, Drew Chapman, uh, Matthew Arnold, Callum Gleason, Pandora Young, uh, Patrick Chalkley. Thank you, all of those. And thank you very much, Rosalie Simonich, as well, because that's a very generous monthly donation that you sent in. Um, I fancy a little hygiene story. Sure, I hadn't seen this story. You, this was one you found. I did find it. I found it. Um, Renee, when you wash your hands, what temperature water do you use? Ooh, good question. Um, on, I use on temperature. Is the water on? That's the temperature. <laughs> That's I a use. good temperature. Okay. To use the on temperature. Uh, I don't eat. I don't wash my hands. I just wipe my hands on my <laughs> jeans. But if I were ever to wash my hands, I think the. The theory is generally that uh, use hot water. You know, sometimes you'll see signs that advise you on how to wash your hands efficiently, sometimes in restaurants or in clinics or whatever, and they're like, use a soap, uh, what is it, you're meant to sing happy birthday twice or whatever, and you're meant to... What? Have you... That's... Wow. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. I that's like thorough. I think that's, I think that's advice that doctors, young, like junior doctors get given of like... To make sure you're washing your hands well enough. Are sure we're not confusing this with depression advice? Like, I know you're sad. <laughs> yeah, Sing happy birthday to yourself twice. twice. You're going to feel better. And I don't think you would. And play <laughs> you feel a lot worse. Would that would exit it so much. <laughs> oh, I hope I remember the name when I get to the third line. It's, um, but, uh, and, you know, the little, the little sequence that you're meant to go in. But what yeah. they, one of the things they tell you is to use water that is as hot as you can bear, hot as it's comfortable. I've never heard of that specifically, as hot as you can bear. That's, or uh, like a hotter water. Hot, hot yeah. water, yeah. Comfortably sure. hot water. So U.S. scientists say they've poured cold water on the theory. Oh, I see oh. what they did. Yeah, that washing okay. hands with hot water kills more germs than unheated water. The small study of 20 people found using water at 15 degrees C, which is 59 Fahrenheit, so that's, you know, a, about 5 degrees C to 8 degrees Fahrenheit below room temperature. Okay. 5, 6. It's like a fair bit below room temperature. Cold water left hands as clean as water heated to 38 degrees C. That's 100 degrees Fahrenheit, that which is hot. Uh, the report in the Journal of Food Protection suggests this could help cut electricity bills in restaurants. I wouldn't say that. I would say it would just stop you from necessarily panicking 
or like being worried about having the hottest water possible. But and it, it, it wastes less time in waiting for water to get hot. That's just, just whatever true. comes out, you can just start. Washing. You don't want to wa- wash your hands in like fifteen degree water though, because it's just unpleasant. Sure. But uh, NHS, that's National Health Service in Britain, advice recommends people wash their hands in either cold or warm water. So water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't use sand; it doesn't work as well. <laughs> in this study, scientist uh, uh, Rutgers, is it Rutgers University? Is that how you pronounce it? Rutgers. In New Br- yeah. yeah wanted to find out if popular assumptions about the benefits of warm or hot water and official guidance on hot water given to the food industry in the U.S. held true. They asked 20 people to wash their hands 20 times, each with water that was 15 degrees, 26 degrees, or 38 degrees. That's uh, 59, 79, and 100 Fahrenheit for our American listeners. Volunteers were also asked to experiment with varying amounts of soap ranging from 0.5 millimeters to 2 millimeters. That's an interesting way of measuring Why would you soap mi- in millimeters. linear, yeah. <laughs> in linear yeah. distance. Is that meant to say milliliters? That seems an odd to use. A, yeah. And for our American T- listeners, that's um, 0.25 hectares of yeah. soap. That's, uh, uh, so, yeah, it's what, a, <laughs> what an odd. Curious. Yeah, I know. I know. Is I'm it trying what, to think how this millimeter, ex- millimeters? Or what Maybe that's the, what that's meant to be. That's uh, a, it know. does yeah. seem like a very odd unit and possibly a typo. Before they started the test, their hands were covered in harmless bugs. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Researchers say there was no difference in the amount of bugs removed as the temperature of the water or the amount of soap changed. I'm just picturing like a hand covered in ladybugs and yeah. none of them came off under the <laughs> yeah. water. Like nothing. Also, Peter's going to have a heyday with this. Why bugs? You could just use ink. That's yeah. fine. Well, you want to know what gets killed. I get killed. rid of the germs. I get it. All so right. Professor Donald Schaffner said people need to feel comfortable when they're washing their hands. But as far as effectiveness goes, this study shows us that the temperature of the water used did not matter. However, the researchers accept their study is small and more extensive work is needed to determine the best ways to remove harmful bacteria. Uh, In the the UK, health experts say people can use cold or hot water to wash their hands. The hands should be washed for at least 20 seconds and stress the importance of using enough soap to cover the whole surface of the hands. The, um, The guidance focuses on rubbing hands together in various ways to make sure each surface of the hand is clean. Here's how to wash your hands according to the expert. Let's hear it. Firstly, by the way, washing our hands these? properly should take about as long as singing "Happy Birthday" there, twice. We found okay, it. Okay. about twenty right. seconds. And if you're at a Chili's or an Applebee's, uh, whatever the copyright-free version <laughs> that the employees have to happy, come. Happy, happy birthday! Yeah. Happy, happy day! I wonder if now, now the "Happy Birthday" is copyright-free. Right. I wonder if they've just reverted to that, or whether they're just keeping their. I would hope they keep their old things because they're like somebody worked real for, hard to come yeah. up with that. That's going to hurt a lot of feelings if we change this. Yeah, um, wash it. Uh, so you're meant to wet hands, apply enough soap to cover the whole surface of it, rub your palms together with your fingers interlaced, then rub each palm over the back of the other hands with your interlaced fingers, then rub each fingers on each hand, then rub the backs of the fingers interlocked, then rub around each thumb. Are then- you just reading R. Kelly lyrics right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you... Uh- <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty sexual. Yeah. Then you rub both palms with fingertips and then rinse with warm or cold water. And then dry your hands well, ideally with a disposable towel. And then use one of those disposable towels to turn off the tap. <laughs> then count to 17 three times. <laughs> Spin around. Turn the light on and off 12 times. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. that just sounds like a terrible, like, Simon Says game. Simon didn't say, and now we gotta do the whole thing all over again. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit... Uh, Obsessive compulsive. <laughs> yeah. But you also know. good. Like, you know, particularly if you're in any kind of food server, you're meant to wash your hands properly and most people don't. But it turns out the amount of soap, as long as it's sufficient to cover the surface of the hands and the temperature of the water, 
are both irrelevant. I guess what I'm curious about is what temperature does it make a difference? Because like camping, we always learned, oh, you got to boil stuff to like make it clean like dishes specifically but when it comes to like laundry and dishes if the heat doesn't make a difference then are we gonna take take the heat out there has to be a lot a temperature at which you do start kills bacteria i agree i think maybe it's just 100 isn't enough and they also only tested it on a certain type of bacteria or maybe an assortment of bacteria again these were just ladybugs ladybugs. (laughs) so they haven't tested it on a like i don't know there must there were probably some stubborn germs that are harder to shift I uh mm-hmm. I would feel bad for the test subjects who are like and then uh, and then this group you guys are going to try boiling we're going to try boiling water on your hands I'm like wait no can I be in the other group Please? we're going to try bleach <laughs> exactly third degree burns but we got the germs off just microwave just microwave your hands <laughs> <laughs> this is good to know mm-hmm. this is very good yeah, for you got I, any uh, puns for this one Andy I, have, I, I got nothing beyond can you do it? Uh, oh, germs ladybugs um, hot water boiling. <laughs> I mean, it's not usually my job to come up with puns, okay. uh, to be fair. It's usually my job to make fun you of them. You showed off a little bit with the sheep story. No, I think you've established yourself as the pun king of probably science. <laughs> I'm, I'm very pun comfortable with that title. Ah, there <laughs> it's you not are. even a pun, really. It's no, just but it's rhyme fun. or something. But I it's fun. It I hope I'm not punking you by oh describing you that way. Okay, now I don't like it. Now I'm out. That was, uh, <laughs> I encouraged this and I regret it. This is worse than Kofefe, <laughs> which is still my favorite thing. I'm, How come we didn't go with Kofefe? I feel like that's fine. I like the French. I like Kofefe. Oh, okay. right. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? I I am recusing myself from this conversation. You didn't that's care about Kofefe. I didn't no. care. It was, pretty, found it. it was pretty fun. I mean, just picturing, <laughs> picturing this fucking idiot just halfway through a tweet falling asleep with his thumb on sin and just passing out <laughs> this lazy boy with Fox News on coming to six hours later being like uh, oh yeah and then the fucking press conference not to get political Oof, uh, no, Sean Spicer didn't say well clearly he was trying to type coverage sure. and we've all we've all sent a tweet too early right of course move on right. but instead he said well a select group of people understand what the meaning of that is here's, here's the thing here's the thing insane everyone was going nuts about that and going like oh fucking crazy liar no I, this is where I, I oh hang on what just happened to the sound there I was just in my head is it just my headphones just are sounding headphones. fine you sound fine to okay. me yeah. okay cool I just noticed the headphone then oh. um, but I no I think that's the one point that's the one thing where I disagree with everyone uh, all of my liberal friends on this one Trump did something dumb but silly and for once out of everything dumb and horrendous that like everything done that he's done this has very low consequences it's utterly unserious it's just a typo tweet that happens and everyone was doing jokes about it so they joined in with a joke that's what you if someone if you type to if you type a crazy tweet back in like a pocket tweet sure you can either go oh sorry everyone i typed a typo it was a mistake or you could just go yeah, that's what I meant to type. You work out what it means. That yeah, and that's the way you think Sean Spicer was making a joke. I, I only yes. read the transcript. I didn't hear him. Yeah, say that's it. that's what I think. That's oh, what, that's okay. what I think the White House was doing. Wait, did he actually? You saw the way he delivered it, and you think he was winking? I think the official party line is sort of continuing with, with the joke slash trolling slash whatever you want to call it. Okay, and okay. Spice was continuing okay. with that, and everyone's like, "He's even lying about that." No, okay, it's sorry. not a okay. thing. That's, I that's just what read. I, I didn't hear him but say that, it. That's, so I don't that, have the context of. Uh, by the way, I. I had a full argument in the Jeffrey's writing room yesterday <laughs> about exactly this because I was sure. like, "This is my, this is where okay. I stand." And everyone's like, "I mean, you're, it's low stakes, except that like nobody. He, he it sort of implies he does have nobody who can who can say no to him or who, who, who would." 
It's yeah. just with the track record it, it of does. no self-awareness like, time, to be like, oh, now you had self-awareness it, around that one thing? Yeah, yeah. and right. the never admitting a mistake. So I get yeah. it from that point of view. When you look at in the context of the other thing, I get where people are coming from. But I still think with this specific... like, like say, be in on the joke. say for a second it had happened with Obama. Obama had got on a plane and and that sent that tweet and then landed to find... What, not that he's ever not able to... Yeah, have access. I like the idea. You think he's out of communication for six hours because <laughs> yeah. of airplanes. But, but let's say, let's say even even it had been up for twenty minutes before being taken yeah. down, and then Obama had gone on TV and gone, "Yeah, Kafefe, that's what I meant to say." You okay. work it out. I, now I want to watch it because I think I'll be able to tell whether Spicer was had that level of. I just can't give him that much. But, credit. But, you're, but then you're judging his delivery, and it's too removed from the people who are deciding that's what we're going to do about this thing. Okay. You're so the people who are deciding what they're credit. doing about this thing are going. Yeah, this is what we're going to do. We're going to say he meant it. Fuck you all. Like and and for, yeah. and with this specific thing, I don't mind that. Okay. With okay. everything else horrendous he's doing, <laughs> awful. But with this. It's an inconsequential typo tweet, and their response is to kind of go, yeah, yeah, what we intended to do. I am fine with okay, that. Okay, okay. That's okay. where I stand. Yeah, I mean, like you Feel said. Feel free to I, email us at probablyscienceatgmail.com. Right. Tweet at probablyscience. Let's see. And watch Let's the see Jim Jeffries show, co-written by people who don't share your opinion. That's true. That premieres on Comedy Central next week. It does, this coming Tuesday. Um, so it'll probably be uh, out before our next episode comes out. So yeah, check it out. What Comedy time? Central at Tuesday nights, 10.30 p.m. And I think it also has different airing times in the UK and some other countries. So give that a... Weirdly, I don't think it has an Australia release right now. Huh. So I know we have quite a lum- large That's... number of Australian listeners. And he is Australian. And he is Australian. <laughs> Matt, it's... I didn't know you were writing for this. I'm so excited. How's oh, it been? Have you it's had fun? It's been really fun. Yeah. I, I was at a taping yesterday. I can vouch as an independent researcher. So cool. uh, uh, it was very That's funny. right. Andy <laughs> came too. We did a, a, a non-broadcast studio run-through that's basically a dry run for the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, man. And we're um, also taping at a studio that is walking distance from Andy's house. There is that. that and makes the, it there nice. was craft services. Yeah, That's yeah. not bad. Uh, can you talk about the premise at all, or we have to wait till Tuesday? Oh, it's, it's a, well, the premise is it's a news desk weekly Show so like like sort of John Oliver or Samantha B, but with from Jim's point of view, cool. And I, Jim's style. I completely miss this was coming out. I miss that you were writing for it. I am sincerely excited. Well, for there this. we go. That's if awesome. we get a few extra viewers thanks yeah. to this podcast, <laughs> yeah, tune in. It's very the funny. Creative stuff includes numerous past guests on this show and surprising number of of science adjacent past guests. Forrest Shaw, former manatee researcher who's oh, been on the cool. show. Yes, Al Jackson, former um, biology middle school teacher, Great. was doing the audience warm up yesterday. And past guests of the show, yeah. Yeah, and various past guests of the show are in the writer's room as well, and more writers on the show will we'll be, be future <laughs> guests on the show. Because <laughs> when we're trying to book distance. the show, it's pretty easy to just go, all right, who's free tonight? Do you guys want to come over, hang out with me? It's uh, five minutes up the road, and you just talk for a while about science stories. Pretty so that's, that's happening. Cool. Where can our listeners find out? the stuff you're doing sure so uh so i've got can i pet your dog yeah podcast uh i've got another animal podcast called cuteness podcast p-a-w yep yep podcast. yep yep like mm-hmm. okay. someone's just taken over the pun crown of this apartment. Yeah. i tell you what if you guys uh if you guys want to get into dogs start one dog podcast and then everybody else in the dog industry will be like oh sure i guess you will do you're this now person. now you're the dog yeah. girl all right um, and then, yeah, I guess just uh, Twitter, uh, I'm at Renee Colvert. 
Excellent. Excellent. We will link to that. We are at Probably Science and then individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. Give us a follow if you're not already. And also give us a subscribe if you're not already. Yeah, that, that does help us. And write nice things about us on iTunes. Um, and give us nice ratings on your podcast listener of choice. Um, spread the word. Tweet. Facebook. I know quite a few of you do that. We really appreciate it. Support our sponsors. If you've listened to a show where one of the sponsors are happening, such as, for example, Parachute Home, Parachute Sheets, go to that website, parachutehome.com slash science. Then they notice that a load of people are coming to their website thanks to us, and we get more sponsorship. And you get a great set of sheets that's super comfortable, like the one that I have right now. So do that, and that's about everything. Keep looking at science. (laughs) (laughs) Keep... Keep doing science for the scientists, listeners keep among you. Looking at, in the words of Carl Sagan, <laughs> yeah. as, as the great looking <laughs> as Albert Einstein, translated from the German. There we go. Once said, "Yeah, keep looking at science." Some of us are in the gutter. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to get it tattooed. Staring at science. science. <laughs> We're all staring at the science gutter. All this of has us. Been... All of us wonder about science. Uh, if you can't beat him, look at science. <laughs> Nailed it, guys. <laughs> Great. Bye. We'll see you next week.